from Quartzsite the Virtual Hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 367. Andrew with you once again, I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host and fellow NLSC team member is Derek, you know him in the forum as DP3, and he is also DP384 on Twitter. Oh, I'm happy to be here again, and I hate, I hate to bring it up again, but you had stated you downloaded Garfield Cart, and I, I wanted the world to hear your impressions. Hmm, now, let, let me tell you, I, I don't say this about many games, but this is a far better game than Bart vs. the Space Mutants. This is, this is, <laughs> this is high praise. Um, you know, we talked about the, the reviews that it's been getting on Steam, it, just incredible reviews. Uh, I, I have to say, absolutely accurate um, since I started playing the game, only about an hour before we started recording, actually. I, I picked it up, I'd been meaning to do it all week and finally did. Uh, you know, I've already lost weight. Uh, a couple of the teeth I've had extracted over the years have started to grow back. Uh, man, it is just a magical game. But life-changing. Um, <laughs> I heard you now have a 42-inch vertical too. Oh yeah, it yeah, is... and, and, and growing. Yeah, it's it's by next week. It's probably going to be you know well into the 50s. But um, <laughs> you know, it's I mean, it's like you said before. It is a, a blatant Mario Kart ripoff. The mechanics are identical. It feels very much the same, but you know what? It's actually a pretty good clone. It's a pretty good ripoff. As far as ripoffs go, it's uh, you know it's it's fun to play. the The twenty thirteen version is kind of like a beta. It's it's okay, but the twenty nineteen version, the uh, Furious Racing, it's that was released in twenty nineteen, pretty solid actually. So you know, it's I'm, I do not do not regret picking it up at all. It's a it's you know for all the jokes, for all the memes, it's solid. It's actually a really polished game. The Furious Racing version. It's a good game. Um, so, my, listen, if you're going to rip off Mario Kart, that's the way you do it. You, you, yeah. you, you give people mechanics that they're used to, um, good-looking graphics, sound gameplay, fun items to use, all of that stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, for all the jokes in the in the reviews, and this is life-changing, and all of this stuff, and this cured my depression, and, and those comments and everything, um, all jokes aside... I don't think people would be rating it that well, even as a joke, that consistently. Like, if you look at it, it gets very positive reviews on Steam. And I think that a lot of people do actually enjoy the game. And it's not a cheap, it's not a super cheap game. I mean, it's still 15 bucks mm. for a game that came out in 2019 when it's not on sale. So, yeah, I'm glad you got your hands on it, but totally life-changer absolutely no it's uh, quality release it is funny you know that'll be the new uh, the new meme game i suppose but no i no no regrets here whatsoever very uh, very solid game uh, and, and very well recommended well you know i was i was thinking in the basketball gaming space or even any other gaming space what you couldn't really do it in basketball unless you were doing like arcade if you're talking arcade hoops what was a good knockoff for like like basically a copycat game but that was really good i mean you can't really go generic like side scrollers you can't say well mario and sonic because they're both side scrollers back then i don't be sonic was not a copycat game really no, it, it didn't was, it, it, was, it, was, like, it was in the genre yeah it, it, it was doing its own thing boss processing after all uh you know a clone of of a basketball game i mean college slam which is made by acclaim uh, using the the jam engine, which is 
kind of a spin-off more than a rip-off that was pretty solid um something like looney tunes b-ball is, is pretty solid as well pretty good um mate but i'm i think barkley shut up and jam is, is definitely inferior clearly inferior to nba jam that's that's not a controversial well, statement but it's yeah. it's it's okay I can't include College Slam because College Slam is the college version of the NBA game, so we can't yeah, really yeah. call those clones. Okay. Same thing with like Coach K College Basketball. We can't use that. Um, but if you actually look, I was I was just thinking about this. If you look at games like NBA Hang Time and NBA um, NBA Showtime NBA on NBC, those are those are pretty much Jam clones. Well, those they're, are they're made by Midway, so they're continuations of the Jam series. They're midway yeah, game. they are. They, yeah, that's true. So they're, they're, they're basically sequels that after after they lost the name to Acclaim, they started. They had to go to NBA Hang Time and it's and right. such. Yeah. You know, that's Acclaim, a good point. Acclaim made well, they made NBA Jam Extreme after they got the name, and it wasn't as good as Hang Time. Midway's game continued to be better even though they they lost the name, but it's still kind of in the Jam lineage because it splits between the two companies at that point. And then, of course, EA Sports have the, the Jam games as well. So it's, yeah, I'd have to go with something like Barkley Shut Up and Jam or, or possibly Looney Tunes B-Ball, which were pretty pretty solid in their own right. Yeah, I guess you'd have to do that. I'd have to, I'd have to think about this a little bit more in depth and also think about other genres. You know, like NFL, like was there a knockoff of NFL Blitz or... Um, you know, we have super mega baseball. Is that like a like a kind of a copycat of another game, etc.? So I'd have to I'd have to think about it a little bit more. But it is interesting to think about, especially when you play a game like Garfield Kart. Well, I <laughs> think like, the, the thing about this, Garfield this is, Kart, you know, and, and it, it's amazing that this has now become the measuring stick of of uh, ripoffs of clones years later, is that because the mechanics are pretty solid, pretty pretty well done. I keep using the word solid today. This is my word of the week. Because they are so polished, because they are so similar to Mario Kart, they work. And and this is a problem with a lot of arcade basketball games over the years that have kind of copied NBA Jam, but they haven't copied the balance. The they've used a power-up system that isn't as good, isn't as balanced, obviously. Um, the, the defense isn't as as uh, as powerful as it needs to be. So it's really the case of. You either make, make as many shots as you can or you miss, or and hope that the CPU misses rather than being able to get a stop. You, you look at what made NBA Jam so great. Was that balance? Was the fact that the as much as it was about high-flying dunks and, and getting on fire and raining threes from, from way downtown, um, I'm not even going to try and do a Tim Kitzrow uh, impression on that, but as much as it was about scoring and doing so in wacky ways, you could still counter that with pushes and shoves and steals work and blocks worked and everything you look at a lot and, and I, we talked about this actually with uh, with josh and dave from nemo gamer what makes uh, the, the hallmarks of good and bad basketball games and poor defensive mechanics is a hallmark of bad games arcade and sim so you look at a lot of the arcade games they just didn't have what jam did where it was just perfectly balanced you had the abilities that made sense for the most part uh, abilities that were pretty balanced across the board um, the also worked, and even NBA uh, Playgrounds doesn't do that. Where ratings under a certain threshold in Playgrounds are pretty useless. Jam did a much better job of that. So, it's, it, it's if you're going to make a clone, if you're going to make a ripoff, you really have to look at what the original did so well and why it succeeded, and, and not just emulate the style, but also those finer details. And, and maybe you do something your own way, because obviously Garfield Kart has its own power-ups. It doesn't have shells; it has pies, for example, and things like that. But those, the way that you pick up. 
the the power ups and everything else, and that the sl- the sliding, the, the skidding to get an extra boost is, is also something that's happened, uh, also done in Mario Kart. It's just aping all of those mechanics, and, that, and that's what you have to do if you're going to have, make a good rip off. Look what makes the original work, and and copy those pretty much to the letter. Put your own spin on them, but if you ignore all the all the good things and just do uh, just ape the general style, it's it's going to be a bad rip off. Yeah, the graphical card has also improved your vocabulary in just a short amount of time. It's pretty amazing. Oh yeah, um, yeah, amazing. Yeah. The, um, no, I I want to point out that if you're like you said, if you're going to do a copycat, you might as well go all the way and at least make the gameplay great and make the game look good. And guess what? You'll get some positive reviews. Better than making a bad ver like a halfway version of a copycat game, and you know trying some different things that you're you're unsure of that will work if it will work or not but yeah no it's crazy when you think about nba jams you talk about defense because one of the things we used to talk about is how fun playing defense was on nba jam like going for blocks and getting block shots and then like the steel system you know you have flexibility in that system uh, for either pushing or you know swiping for the ball but the stealing was rewarding you know, getting steals was rewarding on the game. Um, yeah, I think defense is kind of lost in real life basketball. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the importance of defense is lost in um, real life basketball, in arcade basketball, in quote unquote five on five sim games like NBA 2K, which we've pointed out all the issues with the defense control and AI over the last few years, etc. So, yeah, it's kind of sad. Not not a controversial statement to make that defense is not as tough as it used to be. Uh, we are going to be talking about controversial and possibly unpopular opinions today, both, both our own and also those from the uh, community. Started a thread on Twitter, put it out there asking our, uh, our listeners, our, our followers on Twitter, uh, some of their most controversial or unpopular opinions. Got some great feedback to that thread. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to see and and also to compare opinions because sometimes our opinions though they may be hot takes and you know, know how much we love hot takes, you know, that, that sometimes you find out when you start talking to other people that your, your opinions aren't as unpopular as you thought. Yeah. I think sometimes a lot of people just need to be asked too. like a lot of people are not going to just give that information or, or make that take on social media and whatnot. But if you give them a platform to um, kind of express themselves or they'll say, Hey, you know what? This is a, a space where I feel comfortable you know, stating that I didn't like this about a game or, you know, this is a place where I feel like I can make what could possibly be a controversial take and I'm not going to get ripped for it. So, um, yeah, I, I love that thread that you created and there were a lot of comments under it and a lot of people participated. So, you know, thank you for that. Absolutely. And, and you're right. And, and you look at platforms and look, I don't mean to dump on Reddit because obviously very popular uh, you can get into some good discussions there as you can in in our forum OS and elsewhere but but certainly if, if it's not if, if your opinion doesn't fit the tone of the thread or the, the current climate if you will the current opinion you can get downvoted you can simply get ignored um, you know shouted down as the case may be and, and that does shut down discussion unfortunately and I, I think as long as you use you put forward that opinion in a, in a respectful way and, and, and a thoughtful way, uh, that is the problem with Reddit's downvote. And this is not just me saying it. A lot of people on Reddit I've seen have, have, uh, have pointed this out, is that the, the downvote 
was supposed to be for something that didn't uh, contribute to the discussion or something that didn't uh, or bigotry or something else that was violating the rules of the uh, of the subreddit it it really has become used as a as a dis- uh, i disagree button unfortunately so if uh, if you, it happens to be an unpopular opinion at the time, you can, no matter how thoughtful it is, instead of people just saying, "Well, I disagree," uh, but you know, you, you are contributing to the discussion. Here's an upvote, or here's you know, no vote at all. They will downvote it, and uh, a really good post will be hidden. And that's that's unfortunate. But uh, people need to have that platform and, and and to feel that they can express themselves without being without being decried as, "Oh, you're a hater," or you know, you, you'll get good, or or whatever. Just whatever thought terminating cliche that is going around at the time you know <laughs> all games have issues whatever we've, we've talked about some of those before without the without that freedom without that feeling like you can express yourself people do hold back yeah it's one of the reasons why i can't stand the operation sports like system where you can thumb up a post and like it it, it what it does is it causes um bullying it causes you know insecurity for those people who you know may want to go on there and make a post, but they're they're worried about you know if it's not the common belief or you know saying something that people have been conditioned to been conditioned to say or believe that they're going to get like no likes and then somebody's going to um, you know do a rebuttal or call them a quote unquote call them out and then they're going to get a bunch of likes on their post and then that person's going to be bullied out of the conversation. Um, that's why I'm glad the NLSC doesn't have a like system. Yeah, it doesn't no, have a, I mean, at the, at the moment we don't have to install a plugin for one anyway. But I, I have no interest in it because I've seen what it, what it does on other platforms and and certainly Reddit. Um, it, you know, it's nice when somebody makes a great point and it's upvoted and everything. But but the the downvote system um, so, sometimes you need an upvote with a da- without a downvote. I think. But but as you say, even the, even the like system, and I've seen that in other uh, forums as well uh, that I've visited over the years. It's a, uh, it's it's good in theory, but as you say, it leads unfortunately to bullying and people piling on, and 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 somebody somebody throws out a snarky remark, and people support the snarky remark, and you see the likes on that uh, come back to you, and you think, oh well, I, I won't express myself anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very silencing, and yeah, that's really frustrating. I see that a lot actually, where somebody will go in depth and explain themselves, and they'll say, well, here's the issue. This is why I believe it's an issue, and they'll give examples and stuff, and then a response will be like, oh, you old head, or oh, you're a blah, 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 and it will just be this like quick insult or a passive-aggressive take, and just a few words, and that guy who put all of that effort into that post into explaining himself, uh, he gets no likes, and then the person who does that one little statement to insult him, uh, just a mindless take, gets like, a ton of support, sometimes 10 plus likes. And it's like, that's just not the way it's supposed to work. It, how about, it, no, how about it, it doesn't encourage discussion. No, not, not at all. Yeah. But you know, obviously it's something we, we avoid in the, in the forum, uh, Twitter, you know, I mean, Twitter's got likes and retweets and everything and people talk about being ratioed and whatnot. So it, it, it kind of happens everywhere and, and everyone's about that being dunked on and, and, and everything. And, and, um, and you, and you can see that, that hive mind uh, coming to play sometimes with opinions. But that being said, Derek, we do have a platform right here that we are recording right now, the NLSC podcast, to uh, to talk about our takes, which we do, obviously, each and every week. But we did want to focus on uh, on controversial takes this week and, and, again, put out that thread. And thank you very much for the, uh, the responses. But as, as far as getting the ball rolling on uh, some of our own uh, potentially controversial or unpopular opinions, what would you say for basketball gaming 
what what would be one of your more controversial or potentially unpopular opinions? Um, I would say that the most controversial that usually gets the most pushback is saying that games have basketball games in many different areas have regressed or declined. Mm. I would say that is the number one thing with basketball games that I get pushback on. If I come out and it's, it's been getting a little bit better actually lately because I think people are starting to really feel the 2k fatigue and they're really hoping to get like a different competitor in the space or somebody to at least keep 2k honest and whatnot. But when I first started in like, I want to say probably 2018 when NBA 2k 18 came out when I really started calling out the issues and calling out the blow by defense and the defense just moving out of the way and, you know, being able to dribble up the center of the court and just go all the way in for a dunk where the defense is just not even paying attention to you. Um, you know, the, the issues with player movement and change of direction. And when I started bringing up um, the design flaws, uh, the the enhanced focus on online play and kind of disregarding the offline gameplay aspect and all of that stuff, when, and, and I think you saw a lot of this, we had a lot of conversations about this in the forum, and I got, I got pushed back on the forum, I got pushed back on Operation Sports, etc., I would say that that's the number one controversial thing that I say, which in my opinion shouldn't be controversial because from my point of view, it's black and white, like the areas that they've regressed and declined and, and whatnot. But yeah. What about you? Oh, first of all, I I absolutely agree. And you're totally right about getting that pushback. And I I don't think people were ready to have that conversation yet. The, the 2k fatigue hadn't really set in that had a few pretty solid, there's that word again, to, to great games to start off the generation 2k14 had its problems because it, it was still had some teething issues from the pre- previous generation it was missing features missing the in-depth roster editing roster saving roster sharing uh, and of course it had it brought in my gm which had the <laughs> had vc attached to it which was definitely a mistake at the time so but people weren't that upset with 2k yet understandably so and, and up through 2k17 i also felt very positive about the series as well so p- the fatigue hadn't set in people weren't ready to have that conversation so i, I absolutely agree and there was that pushback it has started to change I, I totally agree there as well my one that comes to mind for me and this is going to be quite controversial uh, especially given a, a recent uh, twitter thread but having I, i've been covering of course the uh, ncaa games from ea uh, for uh way back Wednesday this month, with it being March uh, Madness tipping off, uh, well, basically this week. Um, and I, I will be putting out uh, retrospectives also of the College Hoops series, 2K7 and 2K8, which are the ones that I have. A lot of people hold 2K8 in high regard, and College Hoops 2K8 in high regard, and fair enough. My controversial opinion here is that NCAA Basketball 10 holds up better than College Hoops 2K8. Hmm. See... And it's and it is controversial because people do love that game. But you know, I go back to two K eight. It doesn't have very good dribbling controls because two K at the time didn't really have a, a great dribbling controls. Uh, it doesn't have as deep a its legacy mode actually isn't as deep as as what uh, what I almost said live what NCAA basketball was doing with with Dynasty at the time. It feels like Dynasty has a bit more depth, although it it to go, go backwards after March Madness 08, sadly as well. Um, yeah, I go. I can go back and play 
Basketball 10, having never played it back in the day, and think, oh, this is actually pretty solid. I can still play this, much like NBA Live 10. But 2K8, I, I can recognize its greatness. I can recognize the, the strong points of it. But I also see that a lot of the issues that I had that prevented me from getting into NBA 2K8 at the time, dribbling controls, the overall feel, and, and whatnot. And I'm thinking, you know, it, if, if nothing else, it is not the flawless masterpiece that people call it. Let me put it that way. I guess I'm wondering how controversial of a take is that? And the, and the reason why I ask that is because NBA Live 10, as, as we've talked about before, was released, uh, was, excuse me, was, um, was held in pretty high regard. It was a good release. NBA Live 10 was a good release. NCAA Basketball 10 is the NBA Live 10 mechanics. And I think I told you that my brother and I played a game, uh, Baylor versus Georgetown, on NCAA Basketball 10 um, relatively recently. Uh, I can't remember which episode I brought it up on, and that we had a great time on that game. Um, I'd be curious. I'd be curious how controversial the take that is. Maybe you could do a poll on Twitter uh and whatnot and i can share it and we can see what people say about it because from my memory um ncaa basketball 10 was received well oh yeah it, it definitely was yeah. um right. I, I wonder and you're right it may not be controversial now but i do see a lot of people hold uh, college hoops 2k8 in high regard and, and kind of put it above any they, they call it the best college basketball game of all time and i i'm not sure that it is because of certain mechanical issues that I think, you know, ironically, EA did better. And I think that's the controversial part, maybe, is that I'm putting an EA game over a visual concepts game, uh, over from one from the past 10, 15 years. Uh, I think that may be the controversial thing, is that I'm putting that over a very highly regarded game of 2K8. But, you know, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it is a very good game, Call of Duty 2K8, and I'll go into my... I'll go in depth with it with my retrospective, but... People talk about it like it's this flawless masterpiece and this, this greatest college basketball game of all time. And, you know, a lot of things that EA were doing at the time, uh, they were with mo uh, motion offense control, uh, what was it, motion movement control they were doing in, in uh, NCA 10, uh, and they do, they're doing tempo, in, in they brought that in in 09, and, and a lot of things that were really trying to capture the college style of play, that it doesn't, the, the, the EA's college basketball games don't feel like a reskinned NBA Live, in, in some ways, it kind of does, especially when you play a lot of NBA Live over the years, and then all of a sudden you play the college games. You go, oh, this is <laughs> this is like NBA Live 10, except with college. Remember I told you that on a past podcast? I said after we played it, I said that um, one of the strong points was that NCAA Basketball 10 did feel there was enough of a difference to make it feel like it's its own game. Yeah. In, I, I mean, know, over look, the NBA. College Hoops does have, obviously it's got college rules, the college three-point line, it's got the, the longer shot clock and everything, but it doesn't seem like the mechanics are, are really focused on setting it apart from the NBA game. And I think that's something that people downplay a little bit. Again, maybe it's not an unpo as an unpopular opinion as I think, but certainly whenever you put an EA game over a 2K game in the past decade or so, I, I, you're probably going to get some pushback. But yeah, that, that'd be interesting to put a poll out there and see just how people do feel about that, because I, I do see a lot of love for college hoops and i understand it but you know what i, I do think that ncaa basketball 10 holds up better uh, i'll say a couple of strengths of ncaa basketball 10 that i like over college hoops 2k eight it's um the movement off the ball mm. I, uh, that's the other thing i mentioned on the podcast not to keep bringing that up but it's um you were talking about the the motion and whatnot and 
bringing up the ball and having players come off screens and whatnot and, you know, go out to the wing to shoot and, and uh, or at least wait for the ball. The, uh, the movement seems better off ball. And then also just the presentation. Uh, EA Sports has won over 2K on that many different times for many different versions of their games. Uh, I, I just really enjoy the presentation of March Madness. Uh, not March Madness, excuse me, NCAA Basketball 10. I keep calling it March Madness because I'm stuck with the... This were, well, not, most the, of the games like, in that series it, were called March Madness, to be yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that, those two um, definitely stand out um, for me. I think, I'm trying to think of some other controversial opinions that I have. Um, I, I think for the most part, I, I'm pretty, um, you know, pretty in line with what most people would say about most basketball games. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I've expressed uh, some minorly uh, controversial opinions about NBA Live 06 on 360 lately. I mean, so, although I do think that comes down to people focusing on the controversy and the poor reaction to that game, which, which was very much centered around the lack of modes and features because if you look at the actual reviews back in the day a lot, a lot of them actually praised the gameplay as i did you know that that part of the game is actually fairly solid for the time graphically it's uh, I, I think ahead of what 2k was doing on that generation at that time so i think a lot of people do focus on that but it is kind of controversial to give any kind of praise to live 06 on 360 you're right though if they had brought in freestyle superstars and they had made multi-team use in franchise and they had the all decade teams and their franchise mode wasn't so basic, etc. The NBA live 06 would have been reviewed and thought of much differently um, in a more positive light. And that's kind of a no brainer if you really think about it, because we understand the importance of depth and the gameplay was already solid. So uh, yeah, I, I, I had that happen to me. Remember I, I posted a, highlight video of nba live 2003 and it was using the uh the all decade teams mm-hmm. yep. and i i put the highlights um two minutes of highlights from the game on twitter and you know all the highlights of jordan holding the ball out going into like a spin move and then into a dunk and then you know julius Irving flying through the air for dunks and everything and i was like you know my comment was hey listen i had fun with this game and we have so many memories using legends in this game. And, hey, take a look at this. This was a cool dunk, etc. And I immediately got jumped on by multiple people. And they're saying, this game is trash. Boy, games have really come a long way, man. Uh, you know, uh, why would you post this? You thought you were doing something. All of that stuff. And it's like, how is me, <laughs> how is me just posting highlights from nba live 2003 a game that came out 18 years ago and saying that i enjoyed a couple aspects of it and that we had a we had a fun time playing it back then how is that controversial you like know, why I, jump on i i hate that, that you, does, you thought you were doing something like yeah i was that's sh- one, sharing that's the comment that took me. yeah that's a comment sorry for interrupting you that's the comment that really set me off and by the way i've had that happen a couple times on my posts it's like you thought you were doing something well, it, um, it's like the OK Boomer thing, or, or OK Old Head, or whatever. It's become a stock phrase, all games have issues. This kind of, and again, a thought-terminating cliche that people just throw out there. You thought you were doing something. What, what did I think I was doing? You know, I, I was sharing footage of a game that I was having some fun with. I was like, oh, you know, remember this game? You know, oh, you know, this is, had a bit of fun with that. You weren't, you know, if, if you had 
put the comment out there that said, this is better than any game today, and, or this hasn't been surpassed, or something. Now, that would be a controversial opinion, and then maybe people might say, uh, are you uh, are you okay, Derek? Have you uh, what are you smoking or you know something like that? You know, <laughs> yeah. NBA two thousand three is the best graphics in the series. If if you, if you had done yeah, with, if you had done something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know that would be yeah. understandable. You thought you were doing something, and and you can and you're trying to engage. You can't engage with those people because it'll, it'll just be more and more cliches, more and more BS uh, along those lines because it's not engaging in good faith. It's not a, a logical argument. It, it's basically just, oh, you posted something that I'm not interested in, so how dare you? It's it's that kind of self-centered thinking that, oh, somebody has a, a different opinion, or somebody dared to talk about something that I disagree with or, or don't want to talk about. You know, how, how dare this show up on my timeline? Well, you know, you can curate the timelines. Not not to make you lose followers here, obviously, but, you know, p- people can easily... Look, if, if somebody posts something that I follow and it's not really something I'm interested in, I can just not engage. That's very easy to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and and the thing is, too, is it's not about wanting people to not speak their mind. Like, I'm okay with somebody coming onto the thread and saying, you know, I, I appreciate the highlights and that you had fun with the game, but I'm happy to see that we've come a long way in these areas, right? Mm. Like, that's not that's not combative. Like, if somebody came on there and said that, I could say, Oh, no, I definitely agree. Games, you know, are visually more appealing nowadays. I can agree with that. Um, I can agree that, you know, NBA Live 2003 was a little over the top as far as being arcade, as far as the pace. They really picked up the pace with that game. And, and, you know, if you like a slower pace, I can understand that. Like, and, oh, yeah, you know, there are more animations in the games nowadays. Like, I'm not, like... Like, I'm not opposed to that. That To me, that's not controversial. But to come in to a thread like that and say, you thought you were doing something, and this is trash, and boy, we've come a long way. This is garbage and stuff like that. Get that out of here. That's We've that's come a long way. Like, yeah, obviously. That's that's kind of, that's, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, part of your point is that you are, it is an outdated game, but you're just highlighting something that you thought was fun back in the day. You know, if, again, if you were trying to make an argument that it was still the gold standard or something like that i can understand but you weren't even really trying to make a point as much as share a memory you know you thought you were doing something y- yeah man talking about something i enjoyed back in the day reminiscing trying at the same time <laughs> at the same time if somebody came onto that thread and said and by the way i think somebody did i'd have to go back and look at it somebody came onto that thread and said you know i still enjoy this game more than the games today i'm not going to argue with them like if you enjoy if you enjoy NBA Live 2003 more than NBA 2K21 or NBA, by the way I don't enjoy NBA 2K21 for the PS4 that much I, I I'm not going to say that I outright enjoy NBA 2K21 for PS4 you know more than like NBA Live 2003 from a gameplay fun perspective if somebody came out and said on that thread that they enjoy Live 2003 more than some of the recent 2Ks. I'm not going to argue with them. That's up to them. Yeah. If that's their, you know what I mean? Like, it's not them saying that this get that NBA live 2003 is greater in graphics and overall, you know, depth and, and all of that stuff than the newer games. They're saying that they enjoy the game more than the now, you know, some of the now and, and more recent NBA 2k games. And that's fine. Like, why would I be mad at them for that? It's it's not presenting it, it as an objective opinion. It is, again, it's not saying that it is better, just perhaps more enjoyable. And some people do like 
that more simplistic experience. And of course, nostalgia plays a part as well, and not having to deal with some of the things that are issues in modern games. So it's it's look at Josh yeah. and Dave. Look at Josh and Dave. Sorry for interrupting you there. Look at Josh and Dave and what they were saying. They were like, you know what? They like the older games, the ones with more simplistic controls where you had more control over the action rather than the constant being forced into an animation. Like the game deciding what animation is going to come out. Um, you know, the, 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 the delay because of the long animations and stuff. That's fine. Like, that's a perfectly understandable reasoning uh, like for somebody to say, you know what, I enjoy playing the older games more than the newer ones because I have more control. I absolutely agree. And it is why people do like to retro game. So with that in mind, you know, that's some, a couple of our controversial opinions. We'll circle back to those and probably uh, come up with a few more as, as, we, as we continue. But we did put that, that thread in. Thank you once again for, for mentioning, for replying to that thread and offering up some, uh, some of the, those opinions. And, and it is interesting to see that some people certainly have, have uh, said things that I definitely agree with. And, uh, and perhaps and, yeah, you know, putting it out there, you can see as people interacting with each other that they are realizing that you know, you're not alone with some of these, uh, some of these opinions. But I do want to uh, go into some of them and, uh, and react to them and give our, our thoughts and uh, expand upon them. Uh, shout out to uh, Ball Pundit, the Ball Pundit on, uh, on Twitter there. Uh, 2K18 Play Now Online was fun, is, uh, is his uh, controversial opinion that he, he shared. I can't actually speak to Play Now Online because I haven't actually played it, but I, I see a lot of people talking about it, and, and I do see that it's, uh, it's actually quite popular. Uh, his opinion about that being, that being controversial is because it's 2K18. Let's be honest, because 2K18 wasn't rele- um, wasn't um, received well. If NBA 2K18 was um, thought of as a, an amazing release for 2K, then that opinion would not be controversial, in my opinion. Um, I think that Agreed. you and I played a game of NBA 2K21 on the PC, and we played Play Now online, and it wasn't a good experience overall um because of the team's you know default ratings and tendencies and the the slight delay that was you know present and just overall the action was not that fun uh i I never played nba 2k18 play now online um as you know i was not a fan of nba 2k18 much at all uh i think it's one of the worst releases in the entire series but yeah, I, I can see why that would be controversial. So we, we just uh, to clarify, we played head-to-head Play Now. Uh, there's actually a mode called Play Now Online where you go through a, b- a bunch of teams and challenges against other people. Um, there's, a, there's trophies, oh, okay, for it. Okay, uh, so it's, yeah. it's, it's a different mode that he played, uh, and it's still it's still in the game as, as far as I'm aware as of uh, 2K21 next gen. Uh, I'm not sure of the differences if 2K18 had a slightly different approach to that. Um, uh, Bob Pundit, let us know um, if uh, what, what, what we're missing out there. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the thing. Sometimes these modes, even even if they just make a slight change, and and it's not it's not the most popular mode. But I, I do see that it, a lot of people do talk about playing playing now online because you don't have to worry about grinding up players as you do with the rec or two K Pro M or the playground in in the my careers connect, uh, connected modes. You just play with NBA teams. So you don't have to again. Don't have to worry about grinding up ratings. You just play with you know, strategically with with real NBA players. So I, I think it, it is. It's kind of like that, that traditional online experience, as I understand it. 
I, I think they may have made some changes uh, to it. Or, but again, as you say, the controversy there is probably more about the 2K18, which is... Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, it also comes down to how you play games and, and what modes you play. I mean, I, I, was, I was playing my career mostly in 2K18, so I, I was hitting a lot of problems there and, and having to deal with the new neighbourhood and paying for haircuts and, and all the grinding that was going on there. So my experience with 2K18 is very different to uh, Ball Pundits because I'm playing a very different mode and I'm dealing with very different circumstances. I'm doing all the grinding. So that's not as fun as just playing with regular teams. Yeah, and during 2K18 cycle, I was mostly playing 2K17. There you so, go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that, like I said, NBA 2K18's reputation, the way it was received, um, the backlash um, that happened after it was released, all of that stuff. I think that's um, that's really the reason why that would be controversial. Because if you went back and said, um, was that mode, by the way, in say NBA Two K Seventeen? Because think, I wouldn't know. I think it was. Yeah, I, I think it's so been there it for a while. Yeah, so let's say it was in Two K Seventeen, and I, 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 have, to, I have to check a screenshot, an old menu screenshot, to see because of course it's it's right. off, it's the servers are offline now, so can't see it either way. But yeah, I mean, if you look at it, and and somebody and he came out and said that NBA 2K17 play now online was um he that it was controversial that he said that he liked it i'd have to look into that because NBA 2K17 was far better received than 2K18 as a game and i'd want to see what people were saying about that mode specifically um but it makes it makes a lot of sense with with NBA 2K18 to say that that's controversial next up is from Steven which uh the live king steve from the dot on uh, on twitter friend of the show, friend of the uh, the forum and everything else. Um, and of course, great uh, video maker, as we've said before. Uh, his uh, controversial take, uh, I said NBA Live needs a fun 3v3 mode and people said 3v3 was in the game. I said it wasn't fun like NHL 3s. And, and this is one of those situations where people are obviously just looking to correct somebody, I think, and say, oh, you know, 3v3 is in the game. And as he's pointing out, uh, the keyword there is fun. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's, you've got you to read the whole sentence, people. Right, it's like me saying, um, you know what's really missing from NBA Playgrounds, NBA 2K Playgrounds is a fun three-point contest. And somebody says, well, the three-point contest is in the game. But that's not a fun three-point contest. That's, uh, that that three-point contest in NBA Playgrounds um, is mechanically flawed. Um, the mode doesn't really have any life whatsoever and it's not a good three-point contest so i'm not saying that um the three-on-three that's in that was in nba live is not functional but i understand exactly what he's saying when you talk about you know a great three-on-three mode i I go back and i think of games like nba street right um obviously in nba live you're not going to have the flying dunks where you're way up over the rim and whatnot but when i think of fun street gameplay like fun three-on-three gameplay i think more i I would say i would think more of action like that um if they're going to make more of a sim three-on-three aspect in a basketball game i think that it could be more sound as well so no i understand where he's coming from definitely it it comes down to again he's saying a fun three versus three mode and i I would agree Uh, as much as i prefer the nba stuff over the the street uh, in the streets in NBA Live anyway, or, or would prefer them to, to focus on that. You, uh, they, they do need to clean up the streets, uh, <laughs> clean up the streets uh, in, in that respect. Um, I, I think it definitely could be more fun. There's a lot of things you go into 
oh, geez, the, the, the camera angles, the balance, um, the rules, everything else, just the, the general gameplay, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's important to have that because you, you look at how, how popular the playground has been or park or, or whatever over the years in 2K, uh, life has kind of fallen short in that respect. So it, yes, again, it has that three versus three mode, but it, it does need a fun mode. And uh, yeah, it's, people do seem to be focusing on, again, the, the gotcha, you know, the, the gotcha argument and pointing out, oh, you're wrong, you know, it's in the game. It's in the game, but I said a, a fun version of it. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the people need to really remember we talk about depth, depth, but also quality depth. We're, we're not talking about just like having stuff in there. Like NBA 2K has retro depth. They have the all-time teams and they have the classic teams. But let's talk about the quality of those classic teams and all-time teams. You know, all the issues and copy and paste jobs, spreadsheet copy and paste of the ratings and tendencies and and a lot of the signatures and and stuff like that. Um, so sure, they have that depth. But let's be honest, if a company came in and had the same rights to those teams and they put the time, effort, and resources into the classic teams and all-time teams and whatnot, another company could do it better. And then those teams would play better and be more fun to use, um, and they'd be more accurate when they play on the floor. So, yeah, there's, there's different levels to it. You can't just say that it's in the game. Because there's a lot of things that are in a lot of games that are just not complete and not fun. Not done well, yeah, exactly. So here's one that uh, indeed may be a bit more divisive. This is from uh, Plokite underscore Wolf. Uh, there shouldn't be yearly releases. A good title or two should be made, even with fake names, but with great gameplay and features, fans can take care of the databases. Interesting. So, the, obviously, what, what does that make me think of? That makes me think of the old college basketball games where they have the numbers or fake names assigned to each of the players. Um, I mean, I think that there's definitely a place for that in the uh, market i, I want to give an example of a game that got really popular and made a lot of sales and made a lot of noise and you can look at this game up on steam it's called the tennis elbow 2013 and basically what they did was they released this game now obviously there's a modding aspect of this but as i stated with mlb the show 20 you can get modding and really good modding done on consoles with an appropriate creative player feature um tennis elbow was Tennis Elbow was a game that had completely, mostly generic graphics, just like kind of just blah graphics, um, fake names for players, just fake players throughout the roster, throughout the um, tennis player roster. But what they did was they allowed people to customize the experience and mod the hell out of the game. And what they did was people made the correct courts, they made the correct players, you know, players from the past, players from the present. Um, they even allowed them to a- edit the animations, serve animations, um, you know, hitting animations, approach animations, stuff like that. And then the game took off because people were like, you know what, we can make this game what we want it to be. And that game, Tennis Elbow 2013, is still played by a ton of people today, eight years later without a new version of the game coming out. So there's definitely space for that. Look no further than, like I said, MLB The Show 20, where, you know, sure, they do have the MLB license, obviously, and it's one of the most impressive games I've ever seen. But let's say you take out the MLB players and the MLB teams out of the equation, okay? So let's say you make that a bit, like, kid at the same graphics that it has, 
as far as like quality graphics, but make all the players generic um, names. But you give them a really high capacity, high space, create a player threshold, a great create a player feature, be able to create teams and stadiums, which you can do on console. We've seen games be able to do have these customization features in them and then just let people create that experience, um, the experience that they want. And not only are you going to get a lot of people spending a ton more time on that game, creating the experience, you know, using their brains and whatnot, but you could go years and years in years without possibly a new release and just minor updates with people just continually updating the game. Um, so no, I, and, uh, I think I said that on the last podcast, but I was obviously, I was saying with like the NBA license pushing through updates and stuff, that model would work where they don't release a game every year. They release updates on the same platforms every year for the same game and it's something that you know you can manually update but then they also update throughout time and i think that that and you either pay as a monthly subscription or you pay a year ahead of time all of that stuff i think that there is a space i think somebody's going to try that at some point in sports games because we already see it with with rpgs uh you know online mmos etc like Final Fantasy and whatnot. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see that in the future with basketball games. We did talk about that, the possibility of a subscription-based service for an NBA 2K or NBA Live if they could ever get to the point where they could release that solid game and then just release updates for it, both feature and gameplay and, of course, rosters and, and whatnot. So it will be interesting to see if they actually reach that point. A, a lot of, I think Andrew Wilson of, of EA has talked about games as a service as obviously something that they're looking a lot of developers are looking at, so it would be interesting to see if they ever get that. But yeah, it would also be interesting to see if a team, a developer, would and publisher would take the risk of releasing, of taking a few years to develop this really good basketball sim. Maybe they're working with some former NBA players. Maybe they don't have the license straight away, but they just have this great generic basketball game that they've they're working with people to do motion capture and everything. So they just have this great experience. Maybe they end up getting the NBA license, or as you say, like a tennis elbow, they just put out this great game that people love, and with with so much customization and modding facilities that people can make that into an NBA game, or an NCAA game, or an NBL game, or a EuroLeague game, or or whatever. So it would definitely be interesting, and there's always going to be problems with certain licenses don't want to, uh, you know, they'll, they'll shut down mods and, and things like that. We've seen mods get shut down by. I think the French uh, the French league wasn't too happy about that at one point. Uh, somebody had to kind of make it kind of half generic and, and, and such. So yeah, there there are, there are issues there, but it, it would be interesting to see if that would uh, if that would happen. But uh, next is uh, Kid Cash two hundred two on Twitter uh, throws out basketball gaming developers have enabled cheeses slash little kids slash non hoopers too much. Yeah, I, I think this is something that a lot of people are, are seeing. And we've touched on it on previous episodes, including last week, that as 2K has no longer NBA Live to compete with, and they've long surpassed that as a basketball game, now they're casting the wider net, now they're looking at at uh, competing with Fortnite, with Call of Duty, with all those other games. Um, Tony Hawk is, is popular, and it's come back, so let's have skateboarding in the city. Let, let's, let's let you grind rails in the city. You know, Was that more important than matchmaking? Was it more important than tightening up gameplay mechanics? 
Uh, so they're definitely appealing to that wider community that's not necessarily hardcore basketball fans and hardcore basketball gamers or traditional basketball gamers. So I, I totally agree. I think that's probably becoming a less controversial take and a less unpopular take uh, as the years go on. His question made me think of that David Robinson triple behind the back speed but ridiculous quick speed burst into a deep three mm. that um that you shared with me yeah i mean they're trying like you said cast a wider net they're trying to catch all ages um what do kids want to be able to do they want to be able to go in uncontested and dunk you know what i mean like on their video games they want they want to be able to pick up the sticks and you know be able to basically cheese or, or find loopholes um, and be able to, you know, find ways to dominate and stuff like that. It's my biggest problem with it is the gameplay has, and I think you can agree, has been really tailored in a major way to singular player use, individual player use using one player because it's catered to that online scene because they want to get everybody jumping online. So what happens is, is you lose the, like, the basics and fundamentals of what five-on-five basketball should be and what it really is when it's played the right way. It's it's become, like, I told you this, I've watched Troy Den's videos at times just to see what kids are doing online. You know, he, Troy, Troy Den plays, you know, my team online and he, and he plays online constantly and stuff like that. It, it barely resembles basketball, like the way that these kids are playing online. It is an absolute, and you play online, so you know, it is an absolute crap show. Yeah. It really is. It's, 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 it's running up and down the court, not playing real basketball, shooting from all air, like shooting from 35 to 40 feet, contested, not passing to, op- to wide open people, using the game's exploits constantly, all of that stuff. It just does not resemble basketball the majority of the time. And you know what? Go ahead and watch the NBA 2K League. Do you think that that really resembles basketball either? It looks like it's a a nightmare. And these are supposedly people who are pro players. The action doesn't resemble real basketball. We talked about on NBA 2K18, the guy that scored like 80 points on basically all just like exploiting the game cheesing you know blow blow by drives cheesy all of that stuff yeah cheesy stuff like that and yeah i agree with that take i think that what they're trying to do is like you say you know cast a wider net get as many gamers on the game as possible make the online scene appealing for them in that aspect um and unfortunately in my opinion it's also hurt the um the rest of the parts of the game like the offline stuff as well it it has and looking at the next uh, take we hear have here from uh, from andrew uh this is not me i'm not speaking the third person now (laughs) at adrew d on uh, on twitter uh, says uh, nba 2k isn't really fun anymore and nba live 19 was actually a pretty good game much better than 2k's offering that year people are starting to feel that way yeah, we talked about the resurgence of people going back to NBA Live 19. I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on that one just because I think that NBA Live 19 has a lot of flaws uh, with agreed. their game. I, I would put 2K19 uh, over, over Live 19, but I, I see where he's coming from as far as that pure basketball experience. 
again, I felt Live 19 did feel did focus too much on the streets rather than the the uh, the league, the, the NBA, be it in the one or my or ultimate team or, or franchise or, or whatever. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't totally agree. But as far as it not being as fun anymore and focusing on 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 fluff and and, and uh, you know bells and whistles that don't really have anything to do with basketball. I agree, and I think again that's becoming a more popular sentiment, and I think people are actually appreciating live a little bit more. This is where I agree, and this is where I understand where he's coming from. In NBA Live nineteen, there are less exploits. Yes. In NBA Live nineteen, in NBA Live nineteen, you feel like you have to play more real basketball and actually implement strategy more often, and that is a big deal. So I am going to completely agree with that. Where I can't say that it's better than NBA 2K19 specifically, and where NBA 2K19 wins over NBA 2K20 and NBA 2K21, and I've said this before, is the defense intelligence and the AI overall on NBA 2K19 is superior, in my opinion, in my experience, to both NBA Live 19, NBA 2K20, and NBA 2K21, and NBA 2K18. So... That's where NBA 2K19, in my opinion, kind of stands out. But I totally understand where he's coming from, and I think that's why you saw a resurgence with a recent resurgence resurgence with NBA Live 19. And it's also why you get so frustrated when you see that they canceled NBA Live 20 and NBA Live 21. Indeed. It, it's just... It's it, There were people that enjoyed it when it came out. It was reviewed well. Um, they heard it with patches. But... You know, there are still people who are just craving an alternative to NBA 2K. They're craving it because they're kind of sick of all the BS and all the same mechanics that they've been getting over the years. Think about NBA's 2K mechanics and what people have been getting every single year. It's kind of getting old. Right? Yeah, like I say, fatigue. It's yeah. a real thing. Yeah, it, it's it's a very real thing. So I totally understand where he's coming from. I can't put Live 19 over NBA 2K19, but I can see why somebody would go back and play Live 19 and, and compare it to 2K20 and 2K21 and say, hey, you know what? The defense isn't just moving out of the way for me. I can't just go wide on the fast break and score. I can't just, you know, exploit double-team logic. You know, I can't just um, run down the middle of the court and run by the defense um, often and score. Um, Help defense actually comes over in NBA Live 19 more often than it does in NBA 2K20 and 2K21. Um, I have to use more strategy on offense. Like, I totally can understand um, why somebody would say, I get more of a more enjoyable basketball experience with less exploits on NBA Live 19 than I do with NBA 2K20 and NBA 2K21. I totally can understand that. And to the point we were making earlier when we talked about the tweet when you put out those NBA Live 2003 footage, you know, we are not going to say you're wrong for enjoying it more. You know, whether we put whether we rank it personally that if you enjoy it more, that's that is a fact for you that you that is simply your preference and and, and we understand. Yeah, I enjoy NBA 2K19 more than NBA Live 19. But I'm not going to knock you if you like certain aspects of Live 19 better and you have more fun with it because that's your preference. Where I can see NBA Live 19 does a little bit better than NBA 2K19 is less skating, um, less skating and more realistic change of direction. Those two areas 
bug me on NBA 2K19. There's more sliding on NBA 2K19. And when you try to actually change direction, you do this weird sideways movement that delays you from actually... Let's put it this way. You don't look like you're really moving like a basketball player Mm. or like a human in general. Like you wouldn't change directions like that. Um, So, yeah, there's there's a couple things that Live 19 even I I will say that does better than NBA 2K19. Just for for the overall experience, I I just find NBA 2K19 more enjoyable. And and it's, it's funny. It shouldn't be controversial to say that, to point out that certain things are done better, which doesn't mean the whole game is better, that it's a far superior product. But people get hung up on the, you said something about live was better than 2K, and, and just get so hung up on, on that. It, it's it's kind of like the whole uh, Phil Jackson comparing Stephen Curry to uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Ruff. He was comparing style of play, you know, and it, and people took it out of context. So in context, absolutely makes sense. Uh, throwing it back to 2K18 now, uh, from uh, Sticky Fingers, Sticky Fingers FR on Twitter, and shout out to you, of course, member of our modding community. Uh, 2K18 versus CPU is a good game. Uh, with a caveat, uh, with Deuce's sliders. Uh, I haven't actually played 2K18 with those slider tweaks. Uh, I, I just can't really get my, get into 2K18, unfortunately. Every single um, slider set that I've used, and remember there's an entire thread on this where we, were, where we were trying to rig the system to get the defensive sliders over 100, if you remember correctly. We, even had, we had screenshots on the thread and everything. Every single slider set that I've used has not fixed the ridiculous blow-bys that you can get whenever you isolate or whatever you, you know, have space to just take your man. You know, I showed the video of me scoring a ton of points just with blow, with just uh, blow by drives on the perimeter with Hassan Whiteside and a half where I just scored a ton of points, just doing it over and over and over again from the three point line. Um, the help defense in that game, in my opinion, no matter which sliders I've used is also pretty bad um, as well. And the skating, is is pretty bad with that game as well so i it like for me every single slider set that i've used don't fix my issues mm. with the, yeah. that game uh, unfortunately 2k18 can't be redeemed for me either i'm afraid but again he's having fun with it listen if, if, if his style of play if he's having fun with it i want him to have fun with it yeah absolutely if he's having a, yeah. if he's having a good time with it that's perfectly fine but I can show you, which I have, I can show you the reasons why I can't stomach it. Mm. Why every slider set that I use, I can show you on video the reasons why it drives me nuts. Play, I think, and I said this too in the thread, playing the CPU in that game is worse than playing a human. And the reason why I say that is because, at least when you're playing a human, they can make up for some of the AI lapses, as in they can do a better job of trying to cut you off instead of you just running by the computer. They can do a better job of bringing that help defender over from the weak side in order to stop a hoop, um, you know, easy hoop happening, you know, right at the rim. They can adjust that defense on the in transition so the guy doesn't just stop at half court and allow the guy to run by, right? So... In my opinion, playing the CPU on 2K18 is far worse than playing a human because at least another human can try to make up for some of that AI inefficiency and issues. No, I, I totally agree. But like you say, if uh, if you're enjoying the game, then that's uh, 
it's it's not disputing that we can it's, it's one of those agree to disagree things that not right i i can say this is the reason and show my video reason why but if you don't you know if it's not listen, a, if it's not a barrier to you it, yeah that's that's a, that's the end of thing, yeah. the thing there's a thing i'm gonna say and this is and there's certain things that are indisputable it is not good for a game good for competitive competition good for the integrity of competition to be able to whenever you want iso on the same side of the floor with certain players or almost any player and just run by the computer and score it destroys the integrity of competition for me because if, if that if that was the way it was in real life if you could say let's say in real life nba now let's say you could isolate cj mccullum and score about 90 to 95 percent of the time with those isolations just isolating him on the corner how many times do you think the portland trailblazers would do that exactly yeah they would be, you, oh my god they would be doing cj mccollum would average 120 points per game <laughs> if you could just iso him and let him just drive to the hoop with help defense hardly ever coming over and him just scoring over and over and over and over again but you can't do that. He can't do that because defense adjusts, and it's not that easy to blow by a defender. So for me, there's some things that are that are not like disputable. Like you can't tell me that the defense in that game is realistic, right? Or that it's fair. Because listen, it ruins the integrity of the competition. If let's say I've been faking sim for a good majority of a game, and it's 84 to 8, 84 to 84. That would never happen in today's NBA or in NBA 2K18. Let's say the score was 124 to 124. There and there's go. one minute left to go in the game. And I need a basket. I know that all I have to do is isolate a player in the corner and just score. And I win. How is that fun? That's what, see, that's the thing. Like, for me, it just destroys it. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. The next one comes from at Midwest King underscore 100. On, uh, on Twitter, uh, the high-volume three-point shooting is a turn-off, and I see it a lot in NBA 2K games. You know, I've talked about this playing online. I've actually played a couple of rec games in on, on next-gen to see what it's like. Not bad. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'll be jumping in too often, but it was actually better than on current-gen, so that'll be an interesting comparison. I might write about that for Monday tip-off in the coming weeks uh, because it, it was a little bit better. But, but something I still see a lot is people passing up open mid-range shots, uh, open layups and dunks sometimes to kick it out for three and which is fine if they make it i mean that it threes are worth more than two so it will actually when they make them the strategy works out but i i saw a lot of i've seen a lot of them players just squander leads uh let let uh you know deficits grow because they're just trying to force these threes because of course that's the way the real game is played these days and uh, you know we've talked about that on holding court of course our, our distaste for that and, and mentioned it here on the on nlc podcast as well but you do see that a lot this love of the three and uh, and certainly even in, in online play it's it really does yeah it just doesn't result in a very fun style of play it, it really it leads to a lot of losses in my opinion because people I mean, if you can green your shots um, you know, nine times out of ten, then yes, it will work. But you're not always paired up with players who can do that. But you play, you're paired up with players who think they can do that. And, and yes, as, uh, as Midwest King says, that the high volume of threes is a turnoff, and it, it does lead to losses. So, what's the most basketball? What's the most popular basketball league in the world? One would say the NBA. Yeah, and what are kids? Since we were children, what are kids mimic, mimicking? What are they copying? Yeah, what what uh, you know what the NBA is doing? The NBA, the what the NBA is doing, right? So you know when we when we were coming up, 
it was about the dunk, obviously, um, you know, with Jordan and, and whatnot and, and Sean Kemp and, and Dominique Wilkins and stuff. It was the dunk and it was, you know, great post players, um, you know, people, players attacking the mid range and your occasional three point shooter. You know, I even said that we had a, you know, after a big playoff game for Jeff Hornacek in the playoffs, uh, uh, yeah, in the playoffs, um, you know, he hit a bunch of threes and then we, we drew a, a court in our driveway with chalk. And every time we shot a three from behind the three point line, we would yell Hornacek. Like, I mean, we were still, we were still, you know, loving the three back then, but it wasn't as prominent as it is today. You know, back then when we were coming up, teams were t- attempting between nine, probably like between nine and 13 three pointers per game. Now teams, which would mean around 20 to 25 threes attempted per game, period, between both teams in an entire NBA game. Now you have <laughs> nine threes in the first three minutes. Right. Yeah. I mean, now, yeah. Exactly. Um, now in today's NBA, you have teams shooting roughly 35 threes per game and between 70 and 80 three point attempts per game. You know, between both teams. So that is a giant difference. And what kids are doing. It's the most popular, you know, basketball league in the world. Um, it's the most advertised, uh, the stars, you know, the James Hardens, et cetera. It's the most, it's the, um, the most spotlighted, the way they play, the highlights that are shown, all of that stuff. People are constantly on basketball reference, looking at those numbers, et cetera. That's the way kids are going to play. You know, we, my brother and I played pick- pickup uh, a couple of years ago. And it was the last time that I was actually able to play like a full play, uh, game of pickup because of my knee. And what do you think the kids were doing? Step back. The threes. kids were just all shooting threes. They were shooting. Yep. They were shooting this, the traveling step. I call them traveling step back threes. They where they pick up the dribble and they take two steps to the side and shooting threes. Um, I got looked at like a weirdo because I was taking mid range shots and I was backing in, in the post and doing post moves. Like I, I was some sort of alien and whatnot. And, that's the way it is. It's, it, it impacts all levels. What the NBA is doing um, impacts youth hoops. It impacts AAU. It impacts college basketball at times. Um, it, it, it impacts everything. So what is the game going to try to emulate? It's going to try to emulate that style. So, And then, and then kids are going to try to copy it. So, yeah, it's really annoying, and I can't stand it. And I've shown many cases, um, and I've made many threads on Twitter about this, as you've seen, showing that um, teams on a nightly basis, you can point to a lot of teams losing games, close games, and even getting blown out because of it by erratic, ridiculous three-point shooting. Shooting like 14 for 44 from three or 12 for 36 from three and all of those long rebounds and all of those misses, etc. And you know what? You see that in the NBA and then like he's talking about, you see it now in video games when kids are playing online. You see kids just pulling up and, 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 and not passing it to a mismatch in the post or not looking at a wide-open player underneath the hoop or instead of taking that completely wide-open mid-range shot, they pass it out for a contested three. Um, they're pulling up from like 35 or 40 feet because the common belief is is that that's what players are doing now when really there's only a couple players in the entire NBA that are doing that. It's, it's conditioning, and it's pretty obvious 
and anybody who argues that kids aren't emulating the NBA, you need to wake up because it's that's exactly why this is happening. I mean, the game that I was playing the, uh, last night, when we, from when we we're recording this uh, Friday night, we um, <laughs> uh, we were up by twenty twenty five, so we were in control of the game, and they'd kind of given up. Uh, one of the guys tried to, you know, one of the players tried to logo three and made it, actually. <laughs> Just stopped from half court and made it. But it does happen. Uh, and, and to Midwest King's point, uh, further clarifies in a follow-up tweet, uh, I guess my definition of shooting high volume threes uh, eight seconds into a game or just continue to shoot them without having a mid-range game, uh, stop playing against people online because of that. Yeah, no, totally get it. Totally get it because we do definitely uh, see that. So the next one comes from uh, Hugo Rax. Uh, 2K has no incentive to actually make a good basketball game. Every 2K in the near future will continue to be trashed, just like every 2K from 18 to 21. Uh, maybe a harsher opinion on a couple of those games than, than I have, but I, I totally get it. And, and that, that is the thing, that 2K is in a very comfortable position right now. And, and I don't want to say that the developers aren't working hard, but you look at what the company directive is, which is recurrent revenue, and if it doesn't make money, then it's not a, it, it shouldn't be a priority. I mean, it should be. There are things that should be priorities, matchmaking, balance, uh, further realism, uh, proper mechanics, etc. But, yeah, without any kind of, and we've talked about this many times, Derek, without that competition in the space, there is less incentive, there's a lot more leeway, they can really, there's a big cushion for 2K to land on if they do mess up. Yeah, so I, I don't think, I hate, I hate using the terms trash and garbage and whatnot. I think that NBA 2K19 was a solid um, overall release. I, I get enjoyment out of NBA 2K19. I think from a depth and gameplay perspective, um, while, while it wasn't perfect, it was a huge improvement over 2K18, and it was a it was a competent game. Um, NBA 2K20, um, I did find some enjoyment in with a ton of slider tweaks and roster tweaks and whatnot, and did get pretty deep into a season with my brother. So I, I did find some enjoyment out of those games for, for various reasons. He's right, though, about the complacency. And he's he's right about how NBA 2K can get away with a lot right now, uh, including, uh, you know, just a myriad of gameplay issues and exploits and whatnot and underachieving in many ways and the roster stuff that I've highlighted and all of that. They can get away with that right now because they're the only... They, they've reached this level of popularity that is almost cult-like, I want to say. Well, people, and to that point, people will hit lost. back. You know, we talk about 2K fatigue, but there's still a lot of that 2K defense force that will come out and, and shut down legitimate criticisms, and eloquently put and yeah, reasonably put. Yeah, well, I want to put out, I want to make a point, too. When I say cult-like, I'm not just talking about consumers. I'm talking about the way they're promoted by review companies. Yep, um, yep. reviewers out influencers all of that stuff it's not even as much as because we've already talked about the uproar on the ground there's a lot of people with 2k fatigue you're hearing it a lot more now in fact i hear far more complaints about nba 2k than i hear praise today a lot more um and i've also explained why it's bs that anybody says that it's because they um you know people are just all going online to complain and uh, blah, 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 because I've already talked about games like MLB The Show where they're the only MLB game on there and just people just think it's the greatest game ever. Right? Garfield. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Oh, yeah, Garfield card, exactly. Life-changing. Literally life-changing. Um, no, I don't, I don't want to hear that. So the bottom line is, is that people 
if you're a company and you're doing well and you've cornered the market and you can get away with cutting corners and just promoting the hell out of your game and you know that other companies are going to promote out the hell out of your game, how hard are you going to try to be innovative and how hard are you going to try to pre- create the best experience possible for gamers? I yeah. don't think you're going to work as hard because nobody's putting the pressure on you. Um, you can just release that game, you know, cut the time on, uh, on the game, resources, money, all of that stuff, and just rake in the dough and, you know, be popular. So, well, you can also push your luck yeah. in that respect. I mean, not, not, I mean, they can still make a, theoretically, they can still be driven to make a great game from a mechanical standpoint and from a feature standpoint and everything. But as far as uh, design principles and recurrent revenue mechanics and everything, if you have no competition, nobody that you can say, well, you know what, Live is, is doing a pretty good game and it has fewer microtransactions, so I'm going to go with that. With no Live, 2K can say, well, what are you going to do? You know, this, this, you know they have you, uh, you know, at their mercy. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that competition breeds excellence most of the time. Um, and with no competition, I don't think 2K has been very excellent no. for many of the reasons that we've talked about over the last, you know, especially over the last couple of years. And, and I think that the next gen NBA 2K, while we're 30 games into a legend season still, we haven't picked it up in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think that was the strongest of releases. I'm fi- I'm finding myself playing less of it. I am winding down 2K21 a bit. Yeah, me too. And that's you know, and kind of what I'm getting at is all of the exploits and and kind of just the same familiar gameplay mechanics that are flawed, um, and just the lack of innovation on the on court aspect of the game, and then just the rushed rosters and all of that stuff, and the issues that you guys are having with online play. And kind of just the, I get bummed out about the my team mode whenever I try to like look into it or jump into it. I think that they've gotten away with becoming complacent, and I don't think that the next gen product is honestly that great. So, yeah, I mean, competition would breed excellence, and I agree that uh, the two K fatigue is setting in, and, and that's what he's talking about too. It is. I, I think he, he's feeling full two K fatigue, and he wants something new. So this is the perfect time for some for a competitor to come into the space and do it. Uh, shout out to our friend uh, Silvio Ortiz. Of course, it's also appeared on. Uh, it wasn't Holding Court. It was um, Virtual Hoop Dreams. Virtual Hoop uh, Dreams. Which I got to get again. I got to get another episode of that going at some point. I've just been so busy in life, and and space has been an issue here. And you know, I've been still home shopping. Mm. Um, so yeah, I need to get another episode out. Uh, Silvio is uh, of course great content for NBA Live. A big supporter of Live over the years. Uh, and we've already touched on this, basically, but uh, we'll just—I I think we can both, uh, uh, you know, speak to it and, and may agree. Uh, like it says, I, I like the way players move on live over 2K. You know, and again, that is why people do see some of those mechanics, and that is why they do prefer live over 2K. That okay, maybe the whole overall product isn't as polished or deep or whatever. In fact, I would agree that it isn't. But certain certain things like that can make it more enjoyable, and that's why some people do prefer it. Yeah, NBA Live 19 was really fluid. We talked about this. Um, and it had just really fluid animations. Like, even something just as simple as bringing up the ball, like dribbling up the ball, it looks better. In NBA Live 19, it looks more realistic. Um, you know, switching hands with the dribble and stuff looks realistic and whatnot. And so I think that one of the things that 
bother me with NBA Live 19, and I've talked about it many times before, is the lack of animations um, as far as authenticity goes. You know, having not having the ability to do accurate size-ups that players do in real life. Um, the lack of realistic driving animations. Uh, you know, playing with a guy like Siakam and, and feeling like you're playing with Kevin Durant. You know, really no distinguishing, you know, between the two. Stuff like authenticity bugs me with the NBA Live series recently. But I totally get what he's talking about, especially if you go back and you play NBA Live 19, which I think he's been playing recently. You, um, you know, you have these really fluid animations and, and sequences in the game, and I can see why that would be more appealing than what you get with NBA 2K. Because we've talked, the recent 2Ks, we've talked about the ridiculous running animations in, in some of the recent 2Ks where they're just completely hunched over, where no human runs like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, kind of clunky, faulty change of direction, you know, ball warping from hand to hand on your dribbles, um, more canned animations at times overall where you don't feel like you have as much control. So I totally understand where he's coming from. And anybody that says that stuff about NBA Live 19 and they say saying that they enjoy it more, I totally understand the reasons why they might. Uh, to that point, uh, AmuseTV underscore uh, on, uh, on Twitter so it also says that NBA Live is a better, emphasizes basketball game than 2K as far as movement and physics and weight distributions and punishing you for making the wrong decision. goes back to what we've been talking about and why people uh, are feeling that focus on basketball where 2K has been pulled in those other directions, where it's, it's trying to appeal to that wider audience and, and add things that aren't necessarily or indeed very unrelated to basketball. So, yeah, it, it's, it's what I'm seeing is that there is actually perhaps um, live is more popular than people realize. And th- remember, we've got some pushback on this recently with articles and whatnot and saying, you know, nobody wants live and live needs to go away. Uh, there are a lot of people who are feeling that live is delivering in areas that better than 2K or, or that there's still that focus on basketball that there hasn't been in 2K because 2K can can coast a little bit in that respect. And certainly 2K has built up enough, enough depth that there are things they that they don't need to focus on as much as live does. But, you know, we, we can see it right here that it's actually, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to see that it's actually not as an unpopular opinion as people may think. Competition in the space hurts no consumers. No consumers get hurt by competition in the space. The only thing that it can do is if, if a title comes out and it flops, then it flops. But if it comes out and it, you know, ups... 2K's game and you get another great basketball game then it's a then it's a then it's a huge bonus so I don't see the negative aspects of NBA Live um, you know coming out with a new game or any other company coming into the basketball gaming space you know coming out with a new game and I want to point something out too. go back if you got a chance go onto my YouTube and D for free go onto my YouTube and look at my gameplay videos for NBA Live 19 Remember, my my gaming cha- my channel um, has been, you know, before Live 19 was like 99% NBA 2K gameplay, sure. 2K gameplay, 2K modding, all of that. But look at the look at the reactions I got, and I wasn't part of the NLBC at that time. I wasn't doing this podcast at this t- at that time and whatnot. Look at the like to dislike ratio. And the amount of views and the comments on my NBA Live 19 gameplay videos on my channel. Look at the positive reaction. Look at what people were saying 
look at what people were saying about their experience with the game, about how it looked, about how excited they were and everything, and that will give you a good idea of how people were feeling about that game when it first came out. Because my most of my gameplay videos are from that free trial that we had from the demo, um, where we had like 10 hours via EA Play, and I uploaded a bunch of footage. But look at the reactions to that. You know, NBA Live 19 wasn't a dead game. I want to make that clear. It wasn't a dead game. I mean, it, it, at this point, it has a reputation going against it, and people that want to prop up 2K, regardless of whether it still deserves props in certain areas, and, and dump on, you know, take pleasure. We've talked about this before. People that are not just about criticizing live, which there are certainly many fair criticisms that you can make, but they they want to dump on it. They want they delight in its failure. But, you know, another one what we have right here, uh, at Jack Brownies on Twitter, NBA Live could compete with 2K if they got their gameplay together. You know, it's easier said than done, in, in, obviously, but people are interested in having that alternative. So yes, if live can get it together, people are going to give it a look. And, and you, it's, it's evident from these tweets that people are sharing with their opinions with us. And they'll, get, and they'll give it a look um, right away. I think that's where 2K fatigue is at. Uh, I think that you would probably get people downloading um, a demo if, as long as it was a promoted, right? Remember promotion is a big part of this, you know, promote it, right. Market it, right. Get it out there, get NBA live in everybody's heads. But if they released a demo for a new NBA live, um, like they normally have been, uh, I think you'd get record numbers jumping on NBA live to see what it's all about. You know, they need, it, it needs to go beyond gameplay. Gameplay is the most important. It is, it is the most paramount, but you also have to have that basic depth at least that should belong in a basketball game in 2021. You can't have features missing that you had 20 years ago exactly. or 15 years ago. It's impossible. You, you just can't, you can't because you're not going to have people talking as positive positively about the game. You're not going to have people spending as much time on the game. You need to give people the tools and you need to give people the depth. So gameplay is most paramount, but you need the, at least the basic depth that should be at a, a sports game in 2021. And you're right. I think NBA Live could compete, and they could compete a lot sooner than people think if they came out with a great product and marketed it, marketed it, and promoted it the way that they should. And our final take here comes from our good friend Rock Jeff Cortinas on Twitter, of course. Uh, dribbling doesn't really get you tired, or players shoot contested to make it all the time, quote unquote, all the time. Uh, we are seeing in the league with it exponentially misrepresented, misrepresented rather in 2K. Uh, it makes the actual playing of basketball trivial to dunking or threes. Basketball is more complex than that. Uh, killing the gameplay and tactical technical experience of real and 2K. Uh, yeah, trying to balance those mechanics and having dribble fatigue and, and whatnot. And it, it's, some, it's something they've tried over the years, and yet people still do the curry cheese, the, the curry slide cheese, and the zigzag cheese and everything else. Uh, they still don't have it right. They don't. I, I think uh, what he wants is a more sim experience, and that's really it's really tough to achieve with NBA 2K right now because of all the issues that we've mentioned already on this podcast. The online, yeah. the, the online scene, the way the, the game is played in the NBA today, and people just even exaggerate that when they're playing online. Everything's an exaggeration of it. Just all the exploits, uh, uh, the, the, the AI issues, etc. You know, I'm going to say this, uh, and this is true, and I know Rock will agree with me. NBA 2K is not a good sim basketball game experience. It is not a good basketball simulation. Um, it, it, from the way the overall, it's it's the, from the way the players move to all the exploits uh, to you know the 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 badge system, the artificial boosts, all of that stuff. 
it's not real good competition. It's, I'll say this again. If you have to spend a good majority of your gameplay experience trying to dodge the game's issues, there's a big problem. If you're spending a good, if you're spending a good portion of your gameplay experience trying to avoid exploits, that's a big issue. If you're spending a good portion of your gameplay um, experience taking advantage of exploits, that's a that's a you know easily exploitable um, gameplay aspect. That is a big issue, and unfortunately, that's the way it's been, especially the last couple of years with NBA 2K. So yeah, I understand where he's coming from. You know, from everything from being able to dribble uncontrollably without being get, getting tired to um, to other gameplay mechanics that are just not sim-like or realistic. Um, I, I don't think NBA 2K does a, a, a great job of giving you a real sim experience. And we actually do have one more from uh, Instagram. And I, I, again, 100% agree. Uh, and, to, and to that point, again, this goes back to 2K fatigue, uh, Black underscore Ren on on Instagram says uh, 2K21 current gen and the blatant disrespect to customers with the many inconsistencies and copy paste hamster wheel mistakes. Uh, people are noticing it. The, the 2K fatigue is real. So th- these are becoming more increasingly popular opinions. But unfortunately, they do get shouted down by people saying, "Oh, it's just hating," or you know, "Get good," or "What are you going to do? Play NBA Live?" All these thought terminating cliches. And I know I use that a lot to the point that it may sound like a thought terminating cliche itself, but people do. They have these stock phrases to shut down criticism valid criticism and it's it's not just people whining or bitching or whatever it's not just people you know all, all we do is complain when someone as you say when people like stuff they will actually say and you know not just momentically like garfield racing <laughs> they will actually go on and like mlb the show like other games that people like um yeah the, the as i said people are feeling disrespected so that is becoming a, a far more common uh you know, thing to say, but it's still unfortunately kind of controversial because you're going against this very popular game. The bottom line is, is, is don't tell me I'm hating or anybody else is hating when they show you all the reasons that they're being frustrated with the game or you know, they're showing you um, issues with the game and they can clearly explain themselves. I, there's nothing I hate more than that, to be completely honest. I, I made an entire thread showing... Um, and I only showed about 1% of this, all the roster copy and paste stuff, all the roster inaccuracies, the rush jobs. I even made a video about it on my, on my YouTube video. If anybody tries to tell me that I'm being just a hater, when I can show them video and screenshots and all of that stuff of the issues that I'm having and why they're issues and how it impacts, not only just, you know, it's not just an edit player thing. It's not just a, roster inaccuracy what happens with these roster inaccuracies is it dramatically affects the way the players perform on the court it impacts gameplay 100 percent when you use these players and teams so anybody that just calls somebody a hater is I, I i hate to say it they're being a mindless conditioned drone like i don't know how else to say it a shill a fanboy yeah a shill a fanboy they're being mindless listen if somebody has a complaint and they give the and they give a reason why this is an issue with the game, and they can show you with screenshots and videos and, and clearly explain themselves. Don't just call them a hater. That's absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't know how else I would describe these people that do this. Mindless was the first thing that came to mind. It just they're not paying attention. 
It's, not, it's people think, wrapping up their identity in, oh, I'm a fan of 2K, or and the, the, it becomes part of their identity as a, a you know, quote-unquote gamer, that you have to defend the brand at all costs. You can enjoy something while still criticizing it. I, I, we, I did that for NBA Live for years. Listen, if Jason Williams, if Jason Williams in the roster, if they do copy and paste rush jobs, they're just throwing these numbers on a spreadsheet. If he has a zero on three-point tendency and he has a zero on flashy pass, Jason Williams, when you play against Jason Williams, will not shoot any threes and he will throw zero flashy passes. Which is not Jason Williams. How is that not an issue to point out? Yeah. Right? Like, how is that? If, if, if Jermaine O'Neal has a zero or Carlos Boozer has a zero on post-up and you play against Jermaine O'Neal or Carlos Boozer on the video game, they will, uh, on tendencies, they will not post up. Their tendency tells them to not post up. How is that an issue that, how am I a hater for pointing out that these guys will not post up? Not only that, if their tendency is at a zero on post up and you're using that team, do you think that Jermaine O'Neal and Carlos Boozer are posting up? Not at all. No, not at not, all. because their tendency says zero. So it dramatically impacts the on-court gameplay experience, the realism, the integrity of competition, all of that stuff. So, people, you need to start thinking big picture and actually listening to these people that are pointing out these issues. Coming from somebody like me who doesn't just say, this is trash, this is garbage, the rosters are garbage, I'm clearly explaining the issues as, as well or a, a lot of other people are doing the same thing. Listen to these people. They have a right to bring this stuff up. So with that being said, that is uh, this week's uh, controversial takes, I suppose. Um, this was fun to do. I, I really do appreciate everybody responding to that thread, Derek, on, on Twitter and, and sharing these opinions. Uh, I'd love to do some more topics like this where we uh, react to, where we, we, we canvass the uh, community for their opinions and then react to them. I mean, obviously we do the mailbag and we're going to get to a mailbag question in a moment, but no, I, I really do. Uh, this was a lot of fun and it's, it's kind of cool to see that some of those opinions, you know, and I hope people are reading that thread and thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not alone on this. And, you know, we can, this is important that we can stand together as a community to constructively criticize, to support, uh, you know, NBA Live coming back and to criticize 2K, to criticize Live where it needs to be. But there is that sense of community there that, I mean, yes, it's going against the, the grain to a certain extent because it is so, such a popular game, 2K, and there are unfortunately influential voices that are downplaying fellow criticism. But at the same time, yeah, you know, some, some of these hot takes... You know, I, I think they're on the money. How about the interaction? Love it. With that, how about all the people that participated? I mean, people, we love that. Like, literally, this is, this has been really fun to answer, you know, all, or, or talk about everything that you said was controversial and whatnot, and what you felt was controversial as far as takes in, in, in hoop games. Yeah, I, I, that interaction is amazing. So Absolutely. And to the point, you know, we, we've mentioned it a couple of times, look, if you do have an unpopular stance, if you like, you know, if you feel a 2K18 is a great game, that it, it does it for you, that's fine. You may have to agree to disagree, of course, with uh, stubborn old heads like myself. But nevertheless, if you enjoy that game, if you enjoy going back to Live 2003 or to Live 06 or Live 07, that, that's a harder sell. You know, as, as, there's my other controversial opinions that 07 may not, for 360 may not be the worst game. It may be the second worst game. You know, even so, I, I haven't really moved the needle that far on that particular issue, Derek. But the point is, if you do have that, you know, unpopular opinion, if that's your how you generally feel about those games, and if, if that brings you enjoyment, so what? Enjoy those games, man. Enjoy what you want, and 
if you can, if you get into a basketball video game conversation with somebody and you say that you enjoy it and you can clearly explain, you know, why you enjoy it and whatnot, nobody should down you for that. However, if you say something, this is just, it's just tough to say. You you may get called out. Some people may question a particularly unusual (laughs) stance. It's a big difference between saying, I love this game and then saying a comment like, I love this game. It's so sim. Right. Or something like that. Like if you say, I love the offense in this. I, I love the defense in NBA 2K18. It's so sim. Well, I'm going to argue with that. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that opens up a, the floor for debate. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Right. I'm going to come into the conversation and say, well, these are all the reasons why NBA 2K18 defense is the exact opposite of sim and, and why it has so many exploits. But if you want to say that you really enjoy a game and you play a certain game and that's and that's what and you enjoy the aspects, even the issues throughout all the issues in the game and stuff, and you would just enjoy it, then that's perfectly fine. Enjoy the game. Well said. Well said. So thank you once again for participating in that thread. We're going to look to do some more stuff like that in the future because it is uh, a lot of fun uh, to hear from you. And, and yeah, keep hitting us up with your opinions, uh, even whether we solicit them or not. Or we do love to hear from you, but uh, we will put out that call from time to time. Of course, we do put the call out for the mailbag each and every week. Because we are running a bit long this week and because we've done a lot of user interaction this week, we are just going to do the, the one question. We do have a couple from Dr. Funk1984 at number theory 1984 on Twitter. Uh, shout out to you, uh, another uh, loyal listener there. Uh, so the question that we're going to get to this week is an interesting one. We, we've touched on it before, uh, but it's, it's definitely pertinent with live looking to come back and, and 2K in the near future. Uh, so Dr. Funk asks, uh, when should EA and 2K stop making current-gen sports games, current-gen being PlayStation 4, Xbox One, current-gen, prior-gen? We're getting to that point where the, the terminology, the nomenclature, is getting a bit uh, muddled. But, but yeah, uh, excellent question, Derek, because... We saw how far they went into the last generation, the seventh uh, gen PS3 and 360. Uh, that was a, a long time, up to 2K18. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on the popularity of the new systems. Do, you know, how many households have them? You know, how many people are buying them? How many people are able to afford them? Remember, we're in different different times here in the world. Um, how do they think that play, the PlayStation 4? and Xbox One versions will still be popular. Um, is it worth updating them? Now, if you remember correctly, uh, with NBA 2K uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 for PC, excuse me, for PS, uh, PS4, uh, P, excuse me, Xbox 360 and um, PS3, they didn't really update those much. They no. updated uh, interface stuff. They they did some minor tweaks to the graphics. They added some of the new cyber faces into the game. But when it came to modes, um, when it came to gameplay and everything, they didn't really do too much in them. So, in my past two K fifteen, like two K fifteen, they kind of put some more because it was kind of that that last year and people were still upgrading to the new consoles. Uh, so, we, but after that, two K sixteen onwards on that generation. It was kind of phoned in. Uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to downplay the developers, but it was not the priority. You're not going to put all the resources into that old technology. It, it was definitely an afterthought. Right. Far less time, resources, and money going into the production and updating of those games. That's obvious. Like, there's no skirting yeah. around that. That's, no, that's no. just obvious. Um, so it depends on... I'll say again, I think one of the biggest things is how many of these PS5 or Xbox Series X consoles 
do they think that people are going to have? Because you can't, you're not going to get the game unless you have the console, right? And the consoles are expensive, and the game prices are slightly higher, all of that stuff. So I do think that they're going to shorten the cycle, and I still think that um, a lot of people are going to get those um, systems in their household at one point. I, I'd say probably three years. I think that's what they're going to do, three cycles maybe. So you're going to get NBA 2K. You had NBA 2K21 on PS4, Xbox One. You'll have 2K22 on Xbox One and PS4, and then maybe 2K23. Um, and I think that that's when they'll stop. Again, though, if I'm uh, – if you're saying what would I do if, if, if I was the company, I would gauge – to be honest with you, I would probably gauge how many people are getting those new systems in their households and trying to look at those numbers and see, you know, the popularity of them. Um, are people going to be getting them? And, and I think that's, I think that's part of where my decision would come in. I'm just trying to look at some of the sales figures here. So back in February, they reported, uh, Sony's financials reported PS5 had sold four and a half million units. Uh, they, they think that it might, uh, get to possibly between 7.6 and 8 million consoles by the end of March PS5. Uh, so give it a couple of years, there's going to be a, a probably big enough user base that they will be able to drop the previous uh, generation. And of course, from our perspective, it also depends on PC port. I wouldn't be surprised if 2K22 does come to PC uh, as a next-gen port, as a PS5X uh, Series X port. So that's probably not going to be a huge issue, but you know, throw, it, throw it there just in case. I think more than three years is going to be overkill, uh, especially if they're going to be doing cross... Uh, cross-brand, sorry, cross-brand, uh, cross-generation uh, compatibility and, and progress with their, with my team. Because, of course, they did, had to do it this year because they're launching halfway through or people are already playing on PS4 and Xbox One. Are they going to do that? You know, are you going to be able to take your progress back and forth? Is that going to be a thing? Possibly with how compatible the PS4, PS5 and, and, and the current-gen and, and last-gen Xbox or next-gen and current-gen Xboxes are as well. It's possible they do that. How long are they going to want to do that? Probably only a few years. I think going as far as they did with with the past generation would definitely be overkill, especially considering how uh, how watered down those versions were. Uh, and, and also, I think there's higher expectations now. I, I don't think you could keep putting out uh, just a, a basic roster update on PS4 and Xbox One. I think there'd be more of an uh, more of a blow up. So I, I think you really do have to kind of pull the plug at, at the end of. Uh, two or three years time basically as for nba live i think they just need to forget about the old generation and move on to the new one yeah i agree with that too about nba live i think it's time there's been too much of a lapse of time between their last release it doesn't make any sense to release on ps4 and xbox one for them um everything all of their promotion will be for xbox series x and ps5 so yeah i agree with that and so yeah with nba 2k they had five um uh, versions that were released on xbox one and ps4 that were uh that were also on xbox 360 and ps3 i think that's going to be cut down for this this time to three so from five to three i think you're going to see three versions on xbox one and ps4 for the xbox series x and ps5 versions for nba live uh it would be absolutely ridiculous in my opinion for them to release on xbox one and ps4 because 
I don't I don't see. This is hard to say, and the reason why I'm I'm actually, I almost like second-guessed myself right there, is because I said that how many people are going to have those new consoles in their homes, right? I guess it would depend on when NBA Live actually came out with their new game. If they're going to come out this year and it's going to be NBA Live 22, how many people are going to have those consoles? Yeah, they're looking at maybe close to seven and a half to eight million by the end of March, PS5. At the very least, you have to come out on both. You, like you, you can't well, just come you, out you on do, it. and that's the thing because when we talked about live not being suitably next gen before. Uh, I, I think it, it would also, from an optics standpoint, if, if they say, "Oh, we're going to be releasing on last gen," people are going to be saying, "Well, it's basically going to be a last gen game doled up for for next gen, possibly." But I, I mean, it's it's weird. I, I could see people saying that. Yeah, because now I started second guessing myself. Like, but so also, I'll just say this: at at minimum. You can't obviously just release on Xbox One and PS4. I think no. they are already hinted towards. Yeah, yeah, you can't just do that. Um, they already said in their thing we wanted to be ready for next gen, um, whether that was a lie or not. Um, we'll soon find out. But um, I still think they're going to release an NBA Live at some point this year, and at the very latest next year. I, I, I don't think they're gone. At um, at least they also haven't announced that they've canceled it yet. Yeah. So. That's a pot. That's a pot. They, they keep. You know, we're I mean, the they're non-committal in their answers, but they keep referring to. They don't. They're not closing the door on it. So until they close the door on it, we we can assume that there are plans uh, to bring it back. Uh, so someone would assume. And again, it does have to be suitably next gen. As far as the should and, and the likelihood, I think within three years that gives people enough chance to get the new consoles. I know it's been a weird time with people having more trouble getting a hold of them compared to uh, committed. But but you look at some of the numbers actually. Uh, so PS5 has matched the performance of PS4, which shipped at 4.2 million units in its first few months up to launch, launching in November 2013. Uh, Xbox One has slightly lagged behind uh, 2.8 million units to 2.9 compared to the Xbox One. This, the Series X slash S is 2.8 compared to 2.9 for the Xbox One. So as far as people actually upgrading, it's it's kind of, despite everything, the numbers are actually kind of the same to the last generation launch. The, you know, the current gen launch, the next gen has, has done, done similar numbers so far despite all the problems. So I think give it three years or so, I think there's going to be definitely enough that it's it's not going to be worth still releasing for Prygen. It gives people enough time uh, to upgrade while still giving them a few presumably decent games and, and, and fairly competent releases, even if they're not revolutionary, uh, to, to play in the meantime. You can't support old hardware forever, so I think three years is, is definitely reasonable. I agree with that. But yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with three years. I'm gonna go with the last version of NBA 2K released on Xbox One and PS4 is NBA 2K23. So with that being said, that has brought us to the end of this week's podcast. A little bit longer, but lots lots of good stuff to talk about this week, Derek. No, my favorite part is just the interaction. Um, thank you for participating in the show. You make the shows a lot better when you, you know when you either participate in the mailbag or with you know questions posed by the NLSC account or whatnot or, or by me and whatnot. So no, thank you. Um, you guys make the show a lot better. Appreciate it. Definitely. And we'll be getting to Dr. Funk's other question next week. And we invite people to continue submitting questions and topic suggestions for the mailbag. You can send that to podcast at mb-live.com or hit us up on our various social media accounts or in the forum or in the comment section on the main page post for the podcast. Basically, wherever you can get in touch with us, let us know. And yeah, once again, we, we love the interaction. We love the feedback on the show. So please keep it coming. Absolutely. And, and I want to say also 
for those of you who tune into a basketball video game co- um, podcast every single week, because you try to put these out every single weekend, and we've been consistent doing that actually as well. You guys are special, and, and I'm not just trying to get like bushy or anything or like that or like pile it on or anything. Um, it means a lot to me to to know that there's people that will tune into a basketball video game co- um, podcast every single week and are that there's just so many people out there that are still so passionate about basketball video games. Like, I just think it's really cool um, because these are long shows and they're coming out every week. And I just appreciate all the people that tune in. Oh, I agreed, agreed wholeheartedly. And uh, it, it definitely goes for me as well. And uh, to that point, uh, now that we have gotten mushy, if you do want to leave a, a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, hopefully a positive review, obviously, we definitely do appreciate that. Uh, the NLC podcast does come out every week on the NLSC, which is mb-live.com, of course. Uh, we are on those podcatching apps and platforms, pretty much all the major ones, I believe. If there's one that we're not on, just let me know and I'll get it on there ASAP. But you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, etc. Search for NLC Podcast. Look for our logo. That will be us. Once again, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and any other platform that allows it. But as long as you're tuning in each and every week and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. And since we are wrapping up here, Derek, it's time to plug our socials. Absolutely. Uh, make sure to tune in to Holding Court with D for free. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Audible, uh, Podcast Addict, all the different platforms. Um, and that's more discussing Real Hoop um, and its history. Uh, make sure to uh, follow me on Twitter at D for 384, where I am by far the most active. Uh, I'm also on uh, Instagram, D for 3 and YouTube, D for 3 and on the NLSC, D for 3 Once again, I'm in the forum. I'm Andrew, just under the name. Very creative, I know. Uh, Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC itself is on social media. On Facebook and Twitter, we are The NLSC. Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. We have a YouTube channel, NBA Live Series Center. And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, nb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>